Welcome to How My Country Works with your host, Stephen O'Shea, the podcast that rummages around the hoarder's basement of the global political system and pulls out the insightful gems hidden way at the back. Each episode, we'll be working alphabetically through different countries' politics so you can show off to your friends and maybe gain a slightly better understanding of just how those countries work. Next up, tucked away in the northern end of the Middle East with a population of 3 million and functioning as a parliamentary democracy is Armenia. In September 2020, deadly clashes broke out in the disputed territory of Nagorno-Karabakh, which is claimed by both Armenia and Azerbaijan. The land sits within the borders of Azerbaijan, but is ethnically Armenian, and so has been a constant source of contention since a ceasefire in 1994 that ended a war thought to have claimed the lives of tens of thousands of people. The fighting this time was thankfully not as devastating and ended six weeks later in a humiliating defeat for Armenia. However, the broader story concerns the political weight and pull of the two regional giants, Turkey and Russia, who sold weapons to Azerbaijan and fostered the peace deal respectively. Both countries have had a huge role in shaping the history of Armenia, and given recent events, look set to shape much of its future as well. In order to dive a little bit deeper into this and the broader setup of Armenia, I'm joined on the show by Dr. Varam Temetvosian, Associate Professor and Chair of the Political Science and International Affairs Program of the American University of Armenia. Varam, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me, Stephen. So, am I right that there's always been this pull of Armenia between Russia and Turkey? or between East and West, if you will? It's always being between the East and uh, West. And that kind of dichotomy has shaped Armenia's history throughout uh, the last two millennia, uh, at least. Wow, that long. What are the examples or turning points around this? First one is uh, 1071 uh, Manasket Beto, which is known as a turning point in the regional history. Uh, because this is when the Seljuk Turks defeated the Byzantine Empire and they started moving to the Asia Minor. This is how the, after which led uh, two centuries after the, the establishment of the Ottoman Empire in 1299. Uh, right. So we get the establishment of the Ottoman Empire in this region around the 1300s and 1400s, as with many countries that we've already looked at in this podcast. And so this empire rules Armenia pretty much until its collapse around the First World War. However, there's a pretty horrific incident which takes place around this time that's still discussed politically to this day and remains a huge source of contention, especially between Armenia and Turkey. Can you tell us more about this? The last part of the 19th century, beginning of the 20th century, Armenia faces one of the tragic parts of its history when um, Armenians, uh, from 1915 to 1923, Armenians became target of um, genocide, and it was um, determined uh, state policy to get rid of Armenians and uh, to uproot uh, Armenian identity in the Ottoman Empire. What happened was a designed uh, policy of of young Turks who came to power in 1908 in Turkey, and they started to implement the idea of the following uh, formula, which is uh, Turkey belongs to Turks. Armenians and Greeks were pushed out of of, uh, Turkey, and some of that uh, happened uh, through genocide, some of them happened uh, through forced migration, through ethnic cleansing. So it was 
state policy and of course in entire state uh, capacity and all the resources, state resources were served you know, for, for, for that purpose. That's horrendous. And this leads to the death of between 600,000 and 1.5 million people. So that's how Turkey has influenced Armenia. But then the country makes a short go at independence. And then that's when Russia starts to become a lot more involved, right? The first Armenian Republic uh, from 1918 to 1920, before um, uh, the Bolsheviks took it over in December 1920. So, uh, and then it became part of the Soviet Union, which was created in 1922, uh, in December 1992. And until 1991, uh, Eastern Armenia, as we call it, uh, versus Western Armenia, as, as it was left in the territory of, the, of current Turkey, Armenian nation was once, was once again divided. And um, here we are after 1991, Armenia has been, um, has declared in, its independence and um, we have been independent since then. Wow. So it's pretty much split between these two countries. And the nation itself, in the modern sense, only really is formed in 1991. It then goes on to join the UN and create a new constitution. But it's still caught in between these two countries, which don't always see eye to eye themselves, especially Russia, right? Um, yes, Russia is, uh, has been here for the last 22 uh, centuries. And um, judging from the, its policies, it has no intention to leave um, this region anytime soon. Moreover, uh, after the collapse of the Soviet Union, Russia had to pull out some of its um, forces from Georgia, from Azerbaijan, but it kept its armed forces in Armenia. Um, Armenia also was interested in keeping um, Russian uh, armed forces. Uh, Russia has a military base in Armenia from in my hometown, Gyumri, where I come from. But now after the recent war, Russia has um, doubled its um, uh, size and military presence in Armenia and in Artsakh uh, as a result of the recent war. Russian peacekeepers were deployed in Nagorno-Karabakh. And as a result, we have a situation that um, uh, Russia is becoming more and more uh, assertive, again, once again, becoming more assertive in the South Caucasus uh, because of also Turkey's rising interests um, in the South Caucasus. Of course. I know this is probably already sounding confusing enough to people, but could you explain to us a little bit more about Armenia's relationship with Azerbaijan and the recent conflict? Yes, um, the uh, the conflict, Nagorno-Karabakh conflict, um, has been and remains one of the complex conflicts in the post-Soviet space. Right, of course, because like a lot of areas in this region, it was formed during and kind of suffers from the aftermath of the breakup of the Soviet Union in 1991, right? In all these uh, spaces, we see aftershocks of the collapse of the Russian Empire. The Nagorno-Karabakh conflict emerged as a result of Stalin's decision. Overnight, he decided that Nagorno-Karabakh should belong to Azerbaijan because uh, for economic and social reasons. But giving no thought to the ethnic makeup of the region, which is overwhelmingly Armenian. Um, and then uh, Armenia, Azerbaijan being part of, of the Soviet Union, they didn't touch the question of Nagorno-Karabakh for 70 years. Yes, there have been some cases when Armenian intelligence and Soviet leaders of Armenia raising this question in Moscow, trying demanding uh, re reunification of Nagorno-Karabakh with uh, Soviet Armenia. But um, uh, nothing happened until 1988 when uh, Nagorno-Karabakh's local uh, parliament, if we can call it, 
decided to adopt the declaration to be united with Soviet Armenia. Right. So even though it was contentious, because it was all under the umbrella of the Soviet Union, the question was kind of put to the side. But then this all comes to a head when the Soviet Union collapses. And since 1988 uh, until 1994, the uh, war was um, waging in, in this uh, part of the of the world, and um, as a result, around forty thousand people were killed um, in this uh, during these six years. Wow, forty thousand people! But then they reach a peace agreement that remains relatively in place until last year. However, the conflict restarts again, resulting in defeat for Armenia and around five thousand people killed—a huge number for such a small country. And it also leaves lots of Russian troops on the ground acting as peacekeepers, but further extending the country's influence in the region. Yes. Thanks so much for bringing us up to date with Armenia's history. I just wanted to touch on the interesting nuance within the country's politics, though. It's actually recently changed from a presidential to a parliamentary system, right? Can you just tell us a bit more about that? In, 2000, uh, uh, in 2015, uh, in a referendum, Armenia uh, moved from presidential republic to parliamentary uh, government and um, but that there was a three-year transition period and only in 2018 Armenia moved into parliamentary democracy. Wow so now you have a parliamentary system with a prime minister in charge but there is still a president though their role has changed to a more ceremonial function right? Correct yes it's more ceremonial. Well as you might know we try and finish every episode by asking our guests what's a unique holiday or festival or event from each particular country would you mind doing the one for Armenia, please? We, we have a number of them. So first of all, we have this wine festival, uh, which, um, which is quite a big celebration in, in the country. It has been, uh, well, Armenia had, uh, has, has an old tradition of winemaking. We also have uh, something which is called the Vartavar uh, f- uh, Festival. Vartavar's festival, it's, it's very joyous festival which is uh, taking place in July it's basically being just imagine an entire nation goes to the streets kids and adults they, and they start to splash water on each other it's a lovely uh, festival <laughs> that water festival sounds like so much fun I'd definitely be keen to come for a visit yes please do visit thanks so much Varam for your time today thank you very much well, I think that's a perfect place to end the show. Thanks so much to my guest, Dr. Dvaram Temetvosian. Join us next time where we'll be exploring the country that is my current residence, Australia. As always, please do rate us on your podcast app and recommend us to any friends that have a hankering for political knowledge. Follow us on Instagram at HowMyCountryWorks for extra insights and facts. And there you can message us around anything that you'd like to know about Armenia or any other country. See you next time. And remember to keep asking how my country works.